okay, because it went down at noon, okay, a nice early Sunday morning, you know, afternoon, whatever, NBA game. It was early, okay? I was wiping the cold from my eye, you know? You know, gave me some breakfast, and I was able to watch this game. So Kevin Durant, he drilled the go-ahead shot for the Suns to win over the Mavericks, you know, 130 to 126. Now, what is our biggest takeaway from this game? And Zay, if you want to start us off, by all means. Um, the biggest takeaway from the game is how uh, how strong the Phoenix Suns offense is. Um, we saw a game where Devin Booker and and Kevin Durant were both having fantastic games. I believe Devin Booker had thirty eight or forty points in that game. I forgot the exact number of points he had. But he was phenomenal the entire game. And you realize you can't play him one-on-one because he is so dominant on the court that he will light up any team at any given time. So you you try to set up zones for him. And then you got to remember that Kevin Durant's out there. He could score at any given time. You have to believe he had 37 on 17 shot attempts. He went off completely. Now you have to realize, oh, we have to cover him. And people all forgot about Chris Paul, a guy who's almost, you could say, a Hall of Famer off the rip once he retires as a point guard, one of the greatest point guards to ever play this game. And he used his ability to make shots, his ability to find the open guy. Um, You had guys like Wayne Wright. You had guys like Aiton out there on the court. And, you know, th- th- their offense was flowing. And you just saw, like, this team, you see the potential it could be if they could play like this on a night-in, night-out basis. It's not just a Kevin Durant, Devin Booker show. It's everyone. You know, you get the whole floor opens up when Kevin Durant joined the team and he created this offensive juggernaut that a lot of teams have to face and combat on a night in night out basis you have nightmares about it because damn how the hell are we going to defend Devin Booker and Kevin Durant on the same court at the same time and you know it's it's interesting dynamic you know with the Suns because I thought personally once they got rid of Michael Bridges they got rid of Cam Johnson Jay Crowder they had no defenders out there you know the defense is obsolete they're not gonna be able to defend in a, in a seven game series against the you know elite teams in the NBA, you know, let alone playing against the Clippers in the first round or playing against the, the Nuggets in the first round, whatever it may be. And um, you know, after watching the game against the Mavericks, like I see what people are excited about. I see what interests uh the fans in this offensive juggernaut. And coach, shout out to you, man. I'm glad you're watching the show. And I I, I agree to coach. You know, the the Suns are a very interesting dynamic because at their peak. They could make a finals if everyone everything is clicking on high cylinders. But if we're seeing a situation where you're in a seven game series and all you're relying upon is offense, that's where things get a little dicey for me. And I think that's what I mean. You know, after watching Kevin Durant drill the game, and the uh, the Mavericks had the opportunity to tie it, I think with Luka Doncic um, going to the paint and he missed the the layup and the, the you know the last couple seconds is like, damn, you know, this team is going to be. Interesting to watch from an offensive standpoint, but defensively, it's going to be a revolving door. How can they combat that in a series, in a playoffs where defense is key? And that's something that – that's my biggest takeaway. Like, where is the defense when it comes to the Phoenix Suns? I think for me, if I had to give a big takeaway, it's that Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, by the end of the season, may be the best dynamic duo in the NBA currently. And I say that with grain of salt. But at the same time, I'll say it, right? I'm going to allow them to win something first before I start giving labels. But I think at the end of the season, that's why I started off that way. They can become the greatest NBA duo right now, currently, currently in the NBA, right? I understand we got the Jalen Browns and Jason Tatum. 
they have the highest ceiling right now. The James Harden, the Joel Embiid, so much, right? And I think when we go back to that debate, say that me and you had about the impact upon from injury between Zion and Kevin Durant, who impacts their team more, you made valid, compelling cases for Zion Williamson. And from a third eye, you can see it from that perspective. But what Kevin Durant has done so far is why I went that route. He basically is unlocking Devin Booker into some team-friendly mismatches. Okay, you can see that with the couple games that they play together. And it's more offensive freedom for Devin Booker. Also, when you take a guy like Aiton, all he has to do is rebound and defend. He has less of a workload on the offensive end. Okay, um, when you watch that game on Sunday, the Mavericks, they said, you know what? We know what our game plan is. We are going to take away Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. That's our main primary focus. They didn't do a good job of taking them away, but that's what they plan was to take them away and focus on them. And it allowed guys like um, Ish Wayne Smith to hit a couple three-pointers in the third quarter. Ben Simmons, right? Um, CP3 got the Ben Simmons treatment. Okay, I'm like, yo, this is not Ben Simmons out here. Wide open. Couple three-pointers he knocked down the second half. So Kevin Durant, being that plug-and-play player that he is, where he can just, you can just throw him into any system. You saw it on the Warriors. You saw it on OKC. You saw it on the Nets. All he does is score and create mismatches for other stars he's playing alongside. And that's why his impact to me is going to be more impactful to the Suns team because they're going to be competing for something. And um, that's why I consider them to be the best duo potentially at the end of the year because it's like pick your poison. Who are you going to stop? Are you going to draw the attention on Kevin Durant? Then guess what? You got Devin Booker who has friendly mismatches. Okay, you want to focus on Booker and Kevin Durant? Okay, if CP3 get hot and we know he's a sniper from the mid-range, then guess what? Now you got another guy you got to worry about. And then don't let Aiton take over a game as well because he showed you a couple playoffs ago that he can take over a game. So they have so many weapons, and that's why that's my biggest takeaway. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, best duo potentially at the end of the year. Yeah, guys. So when I was watching the game yesterday, I was looking at the standings and this year in the NBA, especially at this point in the regular season, the standings, they're really close and we still have a lot of basketball to be played. So these could change. But I was just glancing at it. And if the season ended today in the Western Conference first round of the playoffs, we would have the Phoenix Suns taking on the Golden State Warriors. And I think if we were to get that series, it would be the best thing for the NBA. They would be rooting for it. And every game would be must-see TV if we got Kevin Durant versus Steph Curry in a first-round playoff series. And all of the pressure would be on the Phoenix Suns. Because I'm watching the game yesterday. I thought it was a really high-level game. Durant, Booker, they're making big shots. This Suns team, they're playing really well. But all the pressure is on them. Kevin Durant, he leaves Golden State because he didn't think he got enough credit for winning those two rings. And I understand this warrior team. I don't really know how to feel about them right now because I look at the Western conference and it's a little open right now. I really like the Denver nuggets and the basketball that they've been playing. I really like Jokic. And I think if he's ever going to make a deep run in the playoffs, now is going to be the time to do it. But I look at the Phoenix suns. This is really Kevin Durant's opportunity. One thing I find really unique about Kevin Durant. And I'm curious for your, your guys' opinion on this. He is an all-time great player, right? Like a top 15, top 20 player of all time. But for some reason, you don't associate him with any team. Like what other all-time great player 
do you think of? And you're like, what team do I associate him with? You think of Michael Jordan, you think of the Bulls, you think of LeBron, you know, you think of the Cavs, you think of Larry Bird, you think of the Celtics, you think of Kareem, you think of the Lakers. Like, where is that for Kevin Durant? And my biggest takeaway from Kevin Durant being traded from the Brooklyn Nets was he made a massive mistake not going to the New York Knicks in 2019 because he was a man without a country. He's a unique case where he's an all-time great player without a team that you could associate him with. And we know how New York felt about Carmelo Anthony, and he couldn't even get us to an Eastern Conference Finals. But we love Melo because he was one of the few players that wanted to be a New York Knick. You look at Kevin Durant, he's a guy without a country. He doesn't have a team you associate him with. If he goes to the New York Knicks, he didn't have to win a championship to be the guy in New York. And it's worked out pretty well for the Knicks. We're going to get into them a little bit later on in the show. But that would be a must-see TV first-round playoff series. And even for the Mavericks, like I know they lost, but Luka and Kyrie, those guys in a playoff series, that's going to be super fascinating for me as well. I want to respond to that real quickly, say, Mm -hmm. because that's the point that I was trying to make, you know, that my point got misconstrued a little bit when I talked about Dame and Kevin Durant and what Kevin Durant legacy is. That's exactly why I'm saying to myself, I don't know how to associate Kevin Durant as far as legacy. We know he's a great basketball player. We know what he can do on the offensive end. Sometimes I think he's underrated on a defensive end because it's hard to shoot over a guy like that with that wingspan. He get a lot of blocks, right? But I'm saying to myself, he played on different teams. Most of the teams he failed on, the only team he really won anything with was with the Warriors, a team that won before him and after him. So I'm saying to myself, I don't really know how to pinpoint Kevin Durant's legacy. Like, yes, we know he's a great basketball player, but if you're a top 10 all time, allegedly, then you have to have this marquee point about you that says this is why you're top 10, because you won this amount of chips that wasn't fabricated or you was associated with this franchise and you were the best player on this franchise. I can't say that about Kevin Durant. And that's why, Zach, when you brought that up, that's exactly the point that I was trying to get across, but I just couldn't get the words out right before I pass it out to you, Zay. Don't let him get knocked out the first round. Okay, I don't care if it's against the Warriors. He lose in the first round of the playoffs on this team? Forget about his legacy. We are burying it alive. We'll talk. So think about it, though. Like, could you imagine Steph Curry having the opportunity coming off of a championship? Like, that's the thing. The Warriors would have no pressure on them. All of the pressure would be on the Phoenix Suns. Yo. If I'm the NBA, you need that first-round series to happen. You need it. I think, you know, so, something that um, is intriguing with that series is that, like, you know, it's only going to go uphill from there from the Warriors. Because, you know, even though you defeat Kevin Durant or play Kevin Durant and you beat him that first round, you still got to deal with a lot of guys, up, you know, that's above them in the further going rounds. And that's going to be like that. Like Reggie Miller said in a, in a documentary a long time ago, like when he played the Knicks in the, on that in that conference. He was like, damn, that was that that felt like the finals. That felt like our finals. Cause the way that game seven was and the way the game played and everything went down to the wire and we won, that felt like that was our finals. The way we had to really battle it out, a lot of tiring games all the way to the very end to beat them. And then we had nothing left for the next round. That's something that you could see with the Warriors, because like they're aging, man. Is that not the same Warriors that was just locked in before? But I had a takeaway, right? Regarding Kyrie and Luka Doncic, they look Yo, very Zay, Zay, real quickly here, bro. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I don't want to let this take go away. That's exactly what I meant to say when when I talked about Dame and Kevin Durant. 
at least with Dane, right? Even though he's not a better basketball player than Kevin Durant, when it's all said and done, you can associate Dane with the Blazers and say that was probably the best player in Blazers history. Mm-hmm. That you can associate the two together. When you talk about Kevin Durant, though, you can't do the same thing. Mm-hmm. But go ahead, carry on, brother. Oh no, I was just saying that Kyrie and Luca, um, you know, they they are a dynamic duo. Like that one of the, the one of the better duos in the league. And um, it's gonna be interesting how they they um use their strengths and their talents to push the Mavericks to a further a deep playoff push. Essentially, um, it's gonna take a lot from Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, the bench out there, Christian Woods. It's gonna take a lot for the Mavericks to do something along the lines of just competing and being the best that they can be. Because there is something there with Luca and Kyrie, and they could make something happen this season, this playoffs um up uh season basically. If they get the right matchups throughout the entire playoffs, if they get the right matchups that fit their strengths, there's gonna be a it could be a very interesting conversation to have down the line with Luke and Kyrie because they have the talent to take any team to the promised land. It's just that are they? And that's the real question. That's the question that we've been asking about Kyrie for the longest time. That's the question we've been asking about Luka Doncic since he's arrived in the league. Could he take his team to that next level? And you know, that's something I'm interested in seeing. I think for me, when you talk about the Mavericks and my big takeaway on that side is that their ability to close out games is going to be crucial to how far they can go, right? You remember that Lakers game, they was up by 27 points. Jason Kidd did not use his timeouts that he had and had the nerve to come out and say, I'm not a savior. Yo, my mans, use your timeouts, bro. Stop the momentum, okay? And stop the cap on top of that. And, you know, this game against the Suns, they had an opportunity to win. You know, um, Luka Doncic had a quality shot at the basket. He missed his shot. So I think when you look at the losses, a lot of people will look at the record with Kyrie Irving and um, Luka and say they two and five. I believe they two and five and be like, wow, they, they're not a fit. But if you watch them, their five losses all combined three points per loss. So it's like they're all in these games. They just not closing it out. And that's why I'm saying their ability to close out games is going to determine how far they go in the playoffs. I think it's really interesting because I just need to see more of the Suns. And I think a lot of the Western Conference, honestly, guys, for me, is going to be matchup dependent. Like, I don't look at the West right now and label a team in particular that it's like, oh, yep, I'm trusting them to get to the NBA Finals. I think this conference is really wide open. But uh, I had a couple of thoughts on the Mavericks. It's so interesting to me. Like, they make the Kyrie trade, and I agree with you. Like, I don't put a lot of stock and or value into the fact that they're two and five with uh, Kyrie and Luca playing together. But my thing with the Mavericks is this: like in this era of NBA basketball, right? We rarely see a team just lose like a valuable asset for nothing, right? These teams usually realize, like, okay, if we have a valuable asset. We are going to do whatever we can to not only like if you want to pay him, that's one thing. But even if you don't want to pay the guy, like trade him and at least get something back for him that you could use in the future. And I think it could get to a point where we look at the Dallas Mavericks losing Jalen Brunson and say, like, was this just a turning point in their franchise? Like they got to a Western Conference final last year. And I know that Warriors series wasn't particularly close. Like you could make the argument they were never winning the finals last year, and that's fine. But they did knock out the Phoenix Suns, who were the clear-cut best team in the NBA last year. They won that series in seven games, and they dominated them on their home court in Game 7. And, well, like, the last time we were talking about the Mavericks, it was before the Kyrie trade, and we were trying to figure out, like, what exactly could they do to put themselves in a better position to 
get to an NBA Finals and for Luka Doncic to finally get to that next level. And I just don't necessarily know if I feel that they're any closer right now. And I just think it could just be they really let a gem get away in Jalen Brunson, and that could be a turning point for their franchise. And the fact that they just got nothing back for him, they just let him walk, like that's a killer. That could be a turning point. I do want to respond to that, actually answer that, even though it may not have been a question. And then Zay, by all means, I think for me, when you talk about them letting Jalen Brunson walk, when they did that, there was nothing you really can do from that perspective to really help Luca out to the fullest extent. Once you let him walk, that was it. Like that, that you cannot overcome that. You could try to, and that's what they did by adding Kyrie Irving to fill up some of that value, some of that shock creation, some of that ability to score you know, um, with the ball, off the ball, whatever. But I think when you talk about what they have now, they pulled the rabbit out of a hat. You know, they didn't have a lot of tradable assets. So the fact that they were able to get Kyrie Irving was the best they could have done for that moment because of the mistake that they allowed to walk away in Jalen Brunson. And come playoff time, to quote Reggie Miller again, like Zay did, the, the game becomes a half-court game in the playoffs. It slows down, becomes a half-court game. And this hard to find more than two players I would rather in those situations other than Kyrie Irving and, and, and um, you know, um, Luka Doncic. So, yeah. You know, just to repeat that question last time, can you repeat, tell me the question one more time regarding? I think he was making a comparison more so than a question. Um, a little, you know, comparison. Yeah, I mean, do you think the Mavericks are any closer right now than where they were like last year? Like, cause I'm just trying to figure out, like, how does this team get to the next level? And I find it so interesting that last year, like, no one really ever took them seriously as a championship contender, but yet they were able to get to a conference finals, and uh, they had a really successful playoffs, but they let Brunson go. They add Kyrie Irving, who is, a, a, you know, a great player that's about to get paid. Like, do we feel any better about their chances, or do we just think that Brunson's mistake was just so bad that it could cost them for good? I think for me, I think the Mavericks could get to that next level. There's potential because the Western Conference is very flawed. You know, even the top team, the Nug uh the Nuggets, they have um a dominant player in Jokic, but he can't play on the court 24-7, 48 minutes. He he gets tired. You put you run fast breaks for for three possessions, four possessions, he's winded. He can't run up and down the court. So there's 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 a lot of flaws in every team in that Western Conference, which makes the Mavericks chances to make go for that next level even higher because there's no there's no extra dominant team that's a great a super a superior defense defensive team that can stop anybody or an offense that's so explosive that they they can score at well at any given time you know every team in the western conference is a somewhat in some way balanced and any team at any given any team in that top six can easily go go above each other and i think the mavericks has an opportunity just like the nuggets have the opportunity just like the warriors have an opportunity to go to an nba finals i think it's just who is your matchup and how do they exploit it? You know, I think Jason Kidd is a brilliant coach. I think, you know, uh, last year when they beat the Suns in seven, well, dominated the, the Suns in, in that game seven at, at, in the Phoenix uh, arena. Um, You know, you saw you saw something in that Dallas Mavericks team. And, you know, I think that's something that they could that they could easily be established in this particular playoff um atmosphere if Christian Wood gets on board. You know, if, if, if a lot of guys on that bench – shows up the way they should the way christian wood played um in the teams he was prior if he shows up on in a series two series that's all that's needed for the for the mavericks to really um go further it's not really luca and Kyrie because when you know what you're going to get out of them it's about the role players what are they going to do and who's going to step up from the role player section 
to really elevate this team. But that's all the Mavericks are waiting for is some third person to step up. And maybe it needs to be by committee, but it's going to be interesting because the Mavericks do have an opportunity to shock a lot of people in the Western Conference. I'm kind of in the middle. You know, to answer that question, Zach, I think they're right around the same. Like, I can't really look at it from who's a better player, Jalen Brunson or Kyrie Irving. I think they're both talented players. But if you talk about the Western Conference, this is where I slightly disagree with Zay. Like, last year, Jokic was a one-man show. He didn't have Murray's help. He didn't have, um, you know, other players on the team help. He was a one-man show. You talk about the Suns. They didn't have Kevin Durant last year. Kevin Durant was out in the East, right? He's there. You talk about the Timberwolves. You know, you can say what you want about that deal for Woody Gobert, but they got Woody Gobert. We all know you can slice him up for the playoffs. So I don't even know if that's a prop. But the Clippers, you had – you didn't have Kawhi Leonard. He was hurt. You know, the Warriors are tricky, right? But, you know, the Warriors are the Warriors. They can get hot. So I actually think the Western Conference, even though they're flawed – they're still more talented. The Kings, who would have thought the Kings would have been this good? They're the number three seed. So I think the West is a little bit tougher than where you look at the Mavs route last year. Things kind of opened up for them a little bit. Whereas I think it's a bunch of good teams and I think they're around the same as far as on paper. So I agree with Zay in the sense that it's about matchups. Please like and subscribe for all the up-to-date content. We've been slinging shows left and right, slinging content left and right. Please don't miss anything. If you do, like, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a question, something you may want to answer, something you may have. It's, all ideas are great ideas. Nothing's a dumb question.